Are we ready? <clears throat> we are ready. Let's be from Vermont, and let's have an emerging maple syrup conglomerate. Man, that's stupid. We don't know anything about maple syrup. I happen to know everything there is to know about maple syrup. I love maple syrup. I love maple syrup on pancakes. I love it on pizza. I like to take maple syrup and put a little bit in my hair when I've had a rough week. What do you think holds it up, Slick? Hey, welcome back to Dad Shorts, where we're just get a bunch of dads together talking about things that are important to dads. Sometimes we go serious, but most times we get silly. Yeah, absolutely. Even in our serious stuff, we are. I, I don't... I'm so yellow that in my personality trait, I don't know how to be serious without eventually getting back to being silly. That's true. It makes like, me makes a little me sweaty. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is getting serious. How do I make this fun again? Yeah. I think we're going to do the same thing today. Yeah, typically we fart. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you had to go there. Fart jokes early. It's bonus content for you. It's fart jokes. That's because I felt like you were getting a little serious with All our disclaimer. All of a sudden, yeah, our disclaimer was on. We have to go. I got the nervous toots. Oh, the nervous toots. The worst kind of toots. Yeah, it's the worst. Oh, man, because then... Then you start chuckling. Really, and, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, welcome to the hey, show. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't turned us off yet, we are so proud and excited to introduce our guest for today, uh, Judge Joe Hensley. Jo- uh, Joe, thanks for joining us so much. We are so grateful for you joining us yeah thanks for having me this is my first podcast so i'm excited that's good we are going to set the bar low great (laughs) (laughs) the next one's going to be real good that's great this one uh joe listen can you tell us how many kids do you have i have two kids uh ella is 16 and joe is 14 nice uh raising teenagers big change or it is it is there's a bit of a uh there's a bit of a shift whenever they hit those teenage years. They get a little more surly, a little bit more <laughs> introspective, uh, which is fine. It's good. <laughs> Did they you... get more surly? That's yeah. the worst. Oh, yeah. man. Did you know that they were approaching teen when they started sleeping in more? Because, like, that was my indicator that all of a sudden I'm reaching teen when, you know, they were up at, like, 9, and then all of a sudden it was like they're sleeping past noon. And I'm like, what happened? It was just, like, a weekend. And I was like, I- I've got a teenager now. They're asleep past noon. Yep. Well, yeah, I, I think I think I noticed the change when the smiles were replaced by what are you what are you in business for? <laughs> yeah, that might get at five for that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> totally where mine are. No, the the sleeping in thing is real. Like, yes, uh, yeah, my is. my thirteen year old was totally like I wake up at like six, yeah. seven o'clock. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like 11 or 12. Like, it was weird. So I've talked about how on another podcast, my 14-year-old daughter, she is like a grandma because she's in bed every night at um, at 8.30 and up at 6. But <laughs> all of a sudden this summer, it was really interesting. She started teenaging it and was sleeping in some days to like 10.30. And I'm like, what is going on? She's like, I was just real tired. <laughs> I was like, wow, you transitioned to teen fast. Yeah. All of a sudden, there we quick. are. Yeah, it was real yeah. quick. <laughs> then she hated dad. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. Oh, listen, Joe, uh, what's your go-to dad outfit? Well, I brought along a visual aid. Oh, yes. We are what? We're into, what is this, episode nine? And I can't believe you've never had a dad bring this up, because I've listened to all your episodes. Nice. The go-to dad outfit for me. Friend of the show, officially. You saw me walk in in shorts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Chance. Yes. Chance. Chance are the best. September is chance season. And so I'm really making a... (laughs) A, an effort here to educate your listeners. Let's bring back the chance. There's not enough chance yes. in in the wardrobes out there. I mean, you've, you, we've got to bring this back. I legitimately had a bright orange pair of chance oh that I goodness. wore in high school. Like yes. when I like first asked uh, my wife out on a date, I believe I was wearing orange mm-hmm. chance, and she said no. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Under, don't understand it. What? <laughs> they're so versatile i mean if you're especially especially in september when it's you know it can be yeah. it can be warm it can be cold so you wake up if you're if you're cold you put on the the pants mm-hmm. and if it gets hot during the day 
you just you just rip them off. And That's very got, utilitarian. Yeah, yes, I love it. Joe, are your are your shants cargo shants? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> most shants are. I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Most shants. Otherwise, I don't know sh- if you know this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've seen some that aren't, and that disappoints me. To be, I yeah. want to make sure they were cargo shants. Do you where, do you still buy them? Like, can you still find them? Because I've looked you for can. them in stores before and haven't seen them. Where are you buying your your shants? Well, it's it's a bit <laughs> tough, but you've got to, you know, every once in a while, if you go to an outdoor store, you know, kind of like a Cabela's okay, or something yeah, like yeah. that, you can find them there. Nice. Uh, okay, that's cool. I'm just going to log this away as a, a future podcast episode. Dad Museum gift shop items. Mm. Oh, nice. I, I this might be a perfect spot for a dad for chance. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! I like oh, it. Oh, so uh, good. All right. Uh, Joe, what is some dad advice you'd give <laughs> to new dads? Well, uh <laughs> For me, I think being a dad is a lot about delayed gratification. So, oh, um, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen, I've listened to your podcast, and you guys have had some really good guests on talking about all the stuff they do with their kids. Uh, and I've listened to some others that, you know, these guys that do these amazing things with their kids. And I would say, give yourself a little grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're working all day and you come home, you know, you need to spend time with your wife. You don't have to like. You don't have to take them to an amusement park every night. You don't have to go <laughs> yep. do to, to go to a batting cage every night. You don't have to do everything every single night. It's okay to chill every once in a while, and hopefully the, the things that you're doing every single day is going to pay off later on. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to think that like our kids need to see that. They need to know that when they're a, an adult, like it's okay to chill. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay to work hard, but it's also okay to like play hard and, and rest. Right. Like, yeah. I think it's important. Uh, and then, uh, what is your best dad story? My favorite story is probably, uh, when we, when we first had Ella, uh, you know, for the first, oh, you know, eight months to a year, you know, I was changing diapers, I'm doing, I'm helping out with feeding, but for the most part, I wasn't super essential. I was still going to work, doing all that stuff, but my wife, we made the decision she was going to stay at home when we had Mm -hmm. kids. And so she was, you know, the more of the provider, and, um, you know, Ella, she, she liked having me around, but I mean, if, if there was an issue, she wanted mom, you know, yeah. that was the thing. Yeah. And every year I went on a, uh, I, I went on a trip to, with some guys and we played golf in Palm Springs and I came oh, back. Nice. Well, I went this year and she was probably, like I said, eight months, maybe a year old. And like, she practically, when I got home, I'd been gone about four days. She practically leapt out of, oh. out of mom's hands to get to me. So that's when I finally felt, okay, I'm a dad. Yeah, you know, this is, absolutely. this is a big deal. Nice. So. Very cool. Yeah. Joe, what is your go-to dad joke? Oh, oh, gosh. Um, I used to write these down on a napkin every day for the kids. They go to <laughs> so great. I had to go back and look at some of my archives. Um, <laughs> He's got them in, like, sheet protectors. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I'm imagining the Jerry Seinfeld yes. uh, special where he's got all his yellow pads and uh-huh. he spreads them out all over the uh-huh. Like, this is, your, this is your dad joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what days are the strongest? I don't know. Saturday and Sunday, because the other days are weekdays. Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. Definitely oh. skip leg day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Monday skips leg day. That's it. You're your first breaking news. Uh, Joe, listen, today we want to talk about diverse opinions. Uh, and, and specifically, you know, some of them that can be unpopular, but, you know, we live in a culture where there is so much diversity. And uh, if you've, you've heard, um, oh, the world is flat. Um, um, Friedman. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, there, there's no more you know silos of knowledge. We we kind of have access to everything, and I think that's the same thing is true with our culture. We have so many diverse opinions, and sometimes that can be difficult to yep. not just hear those diverse opinions, but also 
to be able to talk about them. Uh, one of the books I know I've read and that I love and Scott also has read is uh, Coddling of the American Mind. And mm-hmm. we have this this misnomer that what doesn't uh, kill us makes us weaker. And I think that's not true. When we have these diverse opinions, talking about them and, and discussing them in a reasonable, uh, kind, respectful way is actually what makes us stronger. And I feel like as a society, we are trending away from that. So we want to kind of talk about diverse opinions and how you approach them. And so I want to just kind of start with... Um, you know, how do you teach your kids as a dad to kind of handle some of these diverse opinions? Well, uh, I've got two kids that are they're teenagers going on 30-year-olds. I mean, they, they have been pretty mature from, from day one, so I've been lucky in that regard. Uh, we, we have time to talk right around dinner time. most of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time we sit at dinner time, and that's when we'll discuss what happened during the day and some issues of the day that have popped up, which they're popping up all the time now, whether it's COVID or anything else. Um, and so nothing is off the table. You know, we talk about everything. The one word that we never say in our house and I forbid them to say is the O word, which is offended. Mm-hmm. I just, we just, I've never let them say that because to me, that's just kind of a whine. It's a, it's a bit of an excuse. If you've got something on your mind, you know, express it and let's mm-hmm. talk about it. And so that's, uh, that's the thing I think that we do well, uh, as a family is that we, there's nothing that's off the table. Everything is is a legitimate topic that we can talk about. Yeah, that's nice. great. I think that's really cool. I, and, and something that we strive to do regularly is uh, just having that meal time together. There's something about mm-hmm. coming around the table, yeah. like you, like everything. You talk about everything is on the table, including the food. Uh, <laughs> kind of talking through that, giving them opportunities to share about their day. Um, we, uh, my wife started uh, in her infinite wisdom, just asking like. Uh, what's one good thing that happened today? What's one yeah. bad thing? So kind of getting mm-hmm. their minds uh, fixed on, like, it's not all sunshine and roses, and mm-hmm. sometimes we've got to talk through those things. Um, but we also want to focus on the good things that happen. So, like, giving them those opportunities to uh, kind of identify those things throughout the day. Yeah. I think one of the things that uh, you talk about at the dinner table is so critical. Like, uh, studies and research have shown how powerful sitting around the dinner table is. Uh, I think it's it's that conducive uh, to being able to have a, a deep conversation but have it at the same time feel casual. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is mentally about that, but it's kind of like, hey, this is is a heavy, deep concept, but, you know, you've got time to think about it because you're chewing. Or, yep. you know, it's it's that, uh, that... That's a really good point. Like, maybe we should just, like, whenever we're engaging in debate, just, yeah. like, have a snack. <laughs> I, I'm chewing gum right now. And thinking about well, and it's also the fact that you've got a, a start and an end. Yeah, they, yeah. they know that this isn't going to go all night. They know that, that you know, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about this while we're eating, and that meal is going to end, and then we're going to go our separate ways, do whatever we're going to do for the rest of the night. But uh, they know they're not going to be trapped in that conversation for two or three hours, and I'm not going to follow them up to their room and keep grilling them about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe pick it up the next night, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to have a start and an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. It's a good way to build that trust there. Yeah. Have you had any conversations that, uh, like, without getting into too much detail, that you think about, like, this was hard? Like, uh, man, they, you know, this was a difficult conversation that we had as a family. Uh, for mine, it was, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, how we handle, like, Black Lives Matter and, and just respecting other people's opinions. Uh, when that was kind of going through, one of my daughters came out and she was just like, I don't understand this. And we're like, let's have a great conversation about what it means to respect other people's opinions and how they are just dealing with, you know, some of the social injustice that we are seeing. And it led to a lot of conversation about how we as a family can value other people and their opinions and their uh, cultural 
histories that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Black Lives Matter was one that mm -hmm. I remember distinctly. We had you know quite a bit of conversation about. Uh, COVID was another one. Yeah. Um, you know, on the tail end of COVID, whenever we're, everybody was trying to get back to work, I had a lot of issues in my courtroom with people saying, well, they couldn't show up for court because they had COVID or they missed court because they had COVID. Withdraw yeah. the warrant, please. Um, and, you know, so so that was a difficult conversation because I was having to explain to them because they're still wearing masks to school mm -hmm. every day. And they're still, you know, it's it's at the forefront of their mind. Whereas we've kind of lived through some things and realized that this probably isn't going to kill us because we're not, you know, super old. We're not, mm -hmm. you know, in the 80-year-old or above demographic that uh, we may get sick. And it's a serious thing that we need to be careful about. But at the same time, we still have obligations. We still have to go to work. Yeah. And um, so that that one was one that uh, took a few nights as well. Those are some, uh, those are like big topics that are difficult to have conversations about. For me, like the conversations that just really stick, that are tough, are the ones that like uh, about like friendships, yeah. like going awry, like kids mm -hmm. that you've been friends with for a long time and then all of a sudden you're not, or like kids being mean, like what do you do in this situation? And it's like super easy. Like it, I, I have no problem having these conversations with other people's kids at school every day. Like that's that's like my job, mm -hmm. and like I can talk through it like blindfolded. Like that seems yeah. weird. Of course you can, um, but like <laughs> you know, like I I can have those conversations in my sleep. Like they're great. But then my own kids come to me with those same questions or those same challenges, and I'm like, uh oh. I don't know. I want. I don't want to screw it up. I gotta be honest. All I can think about right now is you at the dinner table with your kid talking about a friend issue, and then putting on the Mr. Miyagi bandana right, <laughs> your eyes. right over your eyes. Yes, time for a serious conversation. Let's get blindfolded. There's some, there's something to that. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, I wanted my son to experience all the sports and do all the things mm -hmm. that I did, and so I was, you know, the baseball coach, the football coach, the wrestling coach, did all these things, but you know. He didn't really want to listen to me. If I had somebody else yeah. coach him, mm -hmm. oh, he was all all about it, you know. But for me, from coming from me, didn't have the same impact, you know. Yep. So there is something about that. It is easier to maybe coach and give advice to other people sometimes than it is your own kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a really good point because <laughs> yeah. uh, when I was coaching basketball, like he would listen to everyone but me. Right, like right. that was those are tough. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was the hardest thing for me. We talk about COVID and the COVID shutdown. One of the things that was incredibly difficult as as a teacher, I had a kid who was in fourth grade when the COVID shutdown. Um, happened and I was a fourth grade teacher and they're like here's the math curriculum I'm like got this <laughs> and man it was the worst teaching experience oh, of my life yeah. it was here, horrible here. and it's just like I have taught this for years why do you not get this we're doing fun unique things around the house and it was just like a nuclear explosion it was so bad but now you know they they're with a different class and you know they're working through some other math struggles and they're talking about doing the exact same things I was doing at the house and they're loving it. And I'm just like, yeah. so frustrating. That was the that was the worst way to feel like a failure as a teacher. Teach your own <laughs> kids something. That that's was, <laughs> yes, exactly. You think that's you're what I mean. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about at the beginning. It's about delayed gratification. Yeah, that, you know what I mean? There you got You got to look. You got to look down the road. Yeah, you know, that some good. of these lessons are are going to come to fruition later on. Absolutely. I like how we mapped out this episode. Yeah. Just, to, just to bring it back around. <laughs> Not just two yellows having a conversation with somebody. <laughs> uh, Joe, listen, um, we know that uh, having conversations can be difficult, um, especially, I feel like, with social media. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to just blare opinions out there as a society, and uh, that can be difficult for us then as we transition to having real conversations. 
So as a dad, do you have any conversation skills or tips uh, that you can give to your kids for having difficult conversations? Or not give to your kids, maybe give to other people's kids, since your kids probably won't listen to you. When exactly. You sure. Right. Tell, well, how, what can I do? Tell yeah. my kids how to have good Tell conversations. Um, well, I, I think as, as Christians, we oftentimes try to um, censor a lot of mm-hmm. subjects and books and subject matter that, uh, that we really need to... To, to talk about and not, you know, make this big mystery around it, which is just going to, you know, kids are curious, they're naturally curious, they're going to want to, they're going to be attracted to things that they can't, or that they're not supposed to look at. And so I think, uh, you know, when you, when we have conversations around the dinner table or whatever, uh, and we're, we're talking about a book that's banned or something like that, I, I have them read it. No, I'll read it with them, mm-hmm. um, or I'll read it first to make sure that there's nothing in there that's, that's going to be uh, a difficult subject that they're not going to understand. But uh, I think it's important to to get that stuff out in the open, uh, and you know, just in terms of social media, uh, you know, as far as kids go, I keep them off of social media as much as I can yeah. until yeah. such time as it's just unavoidable because all their friends are going to be on it. And then um, one of the best things that ever happened to me was when I got elected. Um, I can't really be on social media anymore. I can be on it, but I can't voice opinions. I can't mm-hmm. be political on it. Yep. And that was that was a godsend. I mean, I just like, I felt so free all of a sudden, you know. I feel that same way being a principal of a school and all that kind of yeah. stuff. I don't I don't venture out into right. like Facebook fights or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it is kind of freeing, except when I see something and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's really misinformed. <laughs> right. I really want to help you yeah. not be ignorant. Yeah. But I can't. Uh, so sometimes I will pick up the phone and call and have those conversations if I see those. Uh, but yeah, social media is a, a rough one. But I think that's the uh, being able to think critically about those things can yeah. only happen if we are willing to like be exposed to some of those things. Sure. I think uh, mm-hmm. just hiding away kind of makes it um, a little more likely that they will rebel and yeah. like embrace those things yeah. that we just need to like. And that's your knee-jerk reaction as a parent. Your right. knee-jerk reaction is, oh, my gosh, this is a scary thing. Yeah. I don't want my kids exposed to it. But I, I think that that's oftentimes the wrong reaction. Yeah. I think sometimes you process it, you talk about it with your wife, and then you say, let's talk about it with the kids, and let's make sure that, that we're all on the same page about this. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Joe, following up on that, you, you said earlier that you know you don't take anything off the table. Everything is kind of open for discussion. Uh when do you drive the conversation? When do you have the kids drive the conversation? Like, is there a, a balance between the two, or is it just kind of uh, dad discretion? I would prefer the kids drive the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's something out there that's going on, for example, Black Lives Matter or COVID, mm-hmm. you know, those are the two big, you know, topics of the of the last couple of years. Um, then we will bring it up, you know, and we'll talk about it. And you know, how is that affecting you? How does it affect us on a daily basis? Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I want them to bring the subject to the table because. You know, it's relevant to them. I don't want to foist something on them that they really don't have any. Uh, they really don't have any preconceived notion about what it is. I don't want to plant something in their head. Yeah, I think it's also like when they are developmentally ready to have some of those conversations. Yeah. If you've done a, a decent job at building that trustful relationship, they'll bring it to you. Right. Um, and I think there is a little bit. We've talked a little bit about like protecting our kids for as long as possible from mm-hmm. like certain things. Well, my oldest, um, he, he like developmentally was not necessarily ready to like for certain topics. Whereas my uh, second child 
like his his maturity level like happened a little bit like that steeper incline mm-hmm. so yeah. he was ready for conversations at a different point in his development mm-hmm. than my oldest and i think that's the same that will be with my daughter who's third and my youngest um like they all kind of have hit that hit that bar at different times and um I don't know. It's just it's just weird. Sometimes it's sure. scary that like bringing it up too yeah. soon or yeah. not bringing it up soon enough. Um, and like there are certain conversations I don't want them to have with their friends before they have with us. Um, mm-hmm. And that's I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Well, and and politics is a good example of that. You know, that's one of the things that comes up all the time. Um, and my feeling is, you know, they know what I am. They know my political ideology. I had to run as a Republican, right. so they know that. Um, but, you know, I want them to come to that naturally if that's what they want to be. Hopefully, sure. I, you know, someday I hope that, you know, when we're sitting around at a Thanksgiving dinner and they have kids that, you know, we have the same ideology. But if we don't, I, I want them to get to wherever it is that they're going to be naturally. Because I think that if you, if you tell someone, I'm a Republican and you're going to be a Republican, or I'm a Democrat and you're going to be a Democrat and this is way it's going to yeah. be, they're not going to be as strong in that ideology if they came Agreed. to it naturally by themselves. Yeah. Like, you know, they evolved into that and they realized that that's what they want to be because of the way they were brought up. And, um, you know, I just think that you're, you have much tighter and, and better uh, defensible beliefs. If if you came to that naturally instead of yeah. it being foisted upon you, and I think it's also important to model what that means. Um, like you as a Republican, probably model it differently than what they might see in the media or on social media. Um, from what like extreme whatever, like they they see different <laughs> like extremes of what those political affiliations yeah. are. Um, and so having those real meaty conversations of what does this actually mean? Like, what does this political identity like actually have to do with? Why am I this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's a super important conversation, no matter which way they lean. Sure. Talking about like uh, how you don't want to for, uh, force your, you know, I'm a Republican, you want to be a Republican. It reminds me a lot of, of faith. You know, we talk a lot about how we want to share our faith, mm-hmm. but we want kids to take ownership of their faith. And, uh, you know, we want them, that's one of the things in the church, we talk a lot about how do we get kids, especially in the youth group, to begin to own their faith and not have their parents' faith. And it's, it's so difficult. Uh, one of the things I've started doing recently with my older kids, not just about faith-based matters, but about anything, is since they're older, I'll send them articles that I find interesting. And I'm like, here's an article I found interesting. I would like to talk to you about it eventually. I don't give them a set time. I just say, I, this is an, an important issue for me. Here's an, a thing I find interesting. I want you to read it, process it, and on your time, let's have a conversation. And it's been really, you know, obviously, you know, there's a difference between having teens like Joe and I versus having, you know, younger, I know you've got one coming into teenage years, but it really is, you start to view them more as adults. And how can I treat you more as an adult with this difficult conversation? But just know, here's a resource. I feel like that's, that's one of the dangers with social media is it's somebody's opinion without being backed up by a real solid resource. And, And finding those for my kids, I feel like helps them realize Okay, I can have an opinion. I can have something that's diverse. I can have my own faith, but I need to be able to back it up with solid facts. I think that's one of the things that you do whenever we talked about, uh, I think it was like episode three or four. We've done so many now. (laughs) I know. Um, When you were talking about uh, reading with your kids and like engaging in those meaty conversations about like why writers write in a certain way. Yeah. Like that is a developmentally appropriate mm-hmm. way to start building that conversational trust with them at a young age. Yeah. I love 100%. that. Um, and something that I definitely aspire to do within my house. So yeah. 
good developmental step. Now, another thing you can do that's a little tricky, but sometimes you can work it in, like is if you can do it from a secular standpoint, like you take a book, uh, I've heard you talk about The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. those kind of uh, books that, that, or Star Wars, or something like that, that, that touches on some, um, some faith-based issues, and, or you can drive the conversation toward a more faith-based issue yeah. if, you, if you do it right, you know? Yep. So um, it's not always just sitting them down and have them read scripture. I don't think that's effective, you know? I mean, maybe when they get older it is, but, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, language that's used in the Bible no, it, it kind of flies. It flew over my head when I was that age. So yeah. uh, I'm not sure it's it's quite as effective as sitting them down with a with a book or with an article like you're talking about that uh, comes from a more secular standpoint, and then getting them driving the conversation that way yeah. subtly. Yeah, cool. Well, we kind of had some heavy topics, but we do want to talk about some unpopular opinions that are not quite so serious. <laughs> right. Yeah. So speaking got of a, like critical thinking. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got a list of some topics, and we're going to share some unpopular opinions, and I fully expect to be roasted for some of these. So uh, I've got, uh, we've got categories. We've got food, unpopular food opinions, movies, TV, music, sports, Father's Day gifts, and traditions. So we've got about uh, five if we want to stick to our actual 30 minutes, but we've been going a little bit over for free. We have been. <laughs> what? I, 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 I fully expect to be driven out of this room. After, <laughs> because I've, I've listened to your podcast, and I know I'm going to give some unpopular opinions that you guys will find very unpopular. Oh, so. I love it. I'm yeah. excited. So get ready. Uh, before, before we uh, open that Pandora's box, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with my number one pick. Uh, my unpopular opinion about food. Chick-fil-A is trash. Mm. Trash. Trash. Not just overrated or... It's no. trash. Straight up street garbage. Whoa. No wow. good. So, oh. have at it. <laughs> I stop. You're wrong. I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I disagree. <laughs> and how dare you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining our podcast because yeah. I'm not just <laughs> And we are now looking for a co-host for Zach. Uh-huh. Joe, you got right, Joe, I, I do. Uh, I don't like food that's that's cooked in its own juices. So anything that's oh. served in a crock pot or an instapot, I don't. Okay. Uh, except maybe little Smokies. I, this, there was the you yeah. guys did the football draft, yeah. and yeah. I, I like little Smokies. Oh, but other you than that, cook those in like barbecue sauce. But it's like, served in a crock pot. If it's oh. if it's cooked or served in a crock pot, I'm out. Do, do okay. you like a roast, okay. like a pot roast? No. Interesting. No. Yeah, that's how you get it tender. Mm-mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No. I, Not down. I can't. I can't understand it. I, I don't agree, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, uh, you're wrong. Listen, it's my food opinion. We all know is coming. Yep. Anything that is white and creamy is garbage. That includes not just mayonnaise, sour cream, cream cheese, yogurt, cottage cheese, vanilla pudding, vanilla pudding, gravy, gravy, wow, and vanilla ice cream. Man, okay. garbage. That is. Hmm. If it was made with any of those things. It becomes garbage by association. Mm, gross. Okay. <laughs> You're the worst. Buffalo chicken dip? No, it's got cream cheese in it. I'm out. Uh, and I love buffalo, and I love chicken. I'm out. <laughs> buffalo and chicken. Uh, I, right. I sense tension. It's getting thicker. It, it is. It is Because this guy eats his mayonnaise on his fries. I do. I dips it in dip there. Dip my fries in there. Miracle Whip, is, Miracle Whip is superior to straight-up mayo. I gotta say that. But, like, so good on fries. Take the retching out of All right, this. Joe, uh, what's your uh, unpopular opinion on movies? Here we go. This is where I get kicked out. Um, not a Harry Potter fan. Not, oh! Interesting. Not the books nor the movies. Ooh. Yeah, I read them all to my ki- to my boy and just... Okay. okay. What is, what, what is yeah. your biggest gripe with it? What's your biggest reason that you don't? 
plot holes. Uh, I, I'm a, I understand it's a book about wizards and mm-hmm. which you know all that stuff. I get that, but you've still got to stay within the realm of the rules that you create. And I just felt like as I'm reading these books, there was just I, I couldn't I couldn't get past some of the some of the plot problems that you have one that just is a glaring like when you think of the plot holes in Harry the one that really took me out of it was around book two where Harry was trying to convince Hogwarts or Mm -hmm. the you know the society that uh, that Voldemort was back and no one would believe him yeah and I'm like wait a second he he's the chosen one so to speak I mean he's the guy he just fought you know he's the one that has the scar on his forehead from Voldemort and Mm -hmm. no one believes him they just dismiss him like he's some sort of outcast yeah. Okay. Interesting. I just, now that you say it, you ruined Harry Potter for me for the rest of my yeah. life. I'm just <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who's Voldemort? What? <laughs> Great. He's spoiler back. alert. I forget that we need to put a spoiler alert. Uh, on if, you haven't, if you don't know Harry Potter and its story by now, it's it's over 25 oh. years old. Yeah. So okay, this one is movie snobbery at its best. Okay. Uh, so the American Film Institute. I'm like a movie guy. Like I love love movies uh, all of all kinds. Uh, the AFI puts out like these greatest movies of all time list, mm-hmm. and for like ever, it's been Citizen Kane. Um, yeah. Like within the past five, ten years, uh, Vertigo was voted as the top movie of okay. all time. Vertigo superior to Citizen Kane. Citizen okay. Kane is just, I think, a trash can of a movie. I have never felt like it was the greatest movie of all time. Rosebud disagrees. Uh, and, and Vertigo is. Magnificent. I do like Vertigo. I, I do too. I, love, I think, I, yeah. Maybe your opinion is not so unpopular. Okay. Well, in this yeah. room, I feel it's great. But people yeah. were you, upset about it. Would you have voted Godfather above either one of them? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I know, like, I've got friends that totally would. Um, I would yeah. not. Would you have voted Top Gun Maverick over both of them? No. That's the uh, question. In my opinion, you make fun of my opinion on Top Gun Maverick. I absolutely love Top Gun Maverick because it's the perfect summer movie. It's not great. It's not a great piece of film cinema. It's amazing to just sit down and watch. That's fair. It, it hits every amazing note I want in a movie. Okay. It's it's not believable or it's not a great piece of, of film cinema. It's not great acting. It's a lot of plot holes. But man, do I love it. Yeah. No, I can do that. I'm going to share mine and it's going to get ridiculed right away. I hate the Born Identity. What? All of them. All of them? All of them. Oh. And for me, it was, like, you talked about creating your world and living in it, right? Here's why Die Hard is superior to the Born Identity. Let's think oh. about it from the very beginning. You've got John McClane <laughs> with an explosion and a fire hose coming oh, off yeah. the roof. He goes to see how he's all beat up. What do you have in the Born Identity? You've got, you've got Matt Damon falling Matt floor, Damon. Flights, floor flights of stairs down on a, a door, shooting... Automatic machine guns with no recoil, hits the ground on a door, nothing happens to him, he gets up and walks away. Not even a broken arm, not a broken tailbone. My disc would slip. Yep. Something would happen, but no, nothing happens. And from that point, I was just you like, You weren't trained as a spy. I'm out. I've been hit by a car, I didn't roll over it. I do not believe for a second that any of that happens. I still believe that I could jack a can of car. <laughs> like, that's all I'm saying. I will, I volunteer to hit you. Here's, you find out. here's the thing with your pick being wrong. I, no, I don't necessarily know that it's wrong. Born Identity, I think the issue is that it doesn't hold up. Like, I went back and watched The Born Identity recently, mm-hmm. and, like, it is so jarring, and, like, yeah, like it's the edit, like, it's, yeah. like, I like my old kung fu cinema, where it's just, like, one single take, and they, like, yeah. after each other. Um, it, it is very jarring to, to look at. The one thing I'll say about that is I, I don't disagree. That scene takes you a little bit out of it, but it was the final scene of the movie, pretty much. And yeah. so if that had happened early on, I would have been like, all right, I'm out. But when it's the final scene, mm, 
I, I was I was in it. I was enjoying it until that spot, and I was just like, no, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And I, I, again, I, I knew I was going to get ridiculed for it. Uh, <laughs> Joe, do you have an unpopular TV opinion? Uh, I was n- I, I couldn't get into Breaking Bad. <gasps> I know. You stole mine. Oh, oh yeah, you. That's a that's a true statement for you. I I, I loved I, like I could understand it. It's 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 well done, well acted, great crafted story. I watched the first like two and a half seasons, and I was just like, I have to stop. Yeah. Like same. Mine was actually I finished it. I went back and finished it. But mine was actually Ozark for the exact same reasons. Mm. I started Ozark and I was like, this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch it anymore. Just, yeah, I'm Ozark not. was hard to watch because you you start getting invested in those characters and you're afraid they're going to die every episode. Mm-hmm. You know? and it was mm-hmm. I had to watch. Ozark in like like a comedy afterward, every, yeah. like Schitt's Creek or something, yeah. like for thirty minutes just to get out of that mm-hmm. that that headspace. You know, yeah. you put you in. I didn't see TV on the list, but what I so I don't have one just like off the cuff. Uh, but something that I do perpetually is I will not finish the last season of a show that I really like. Like it's not intentional. It's just like I don't want it to end. So like I break up with it before it can break up with me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. So in Stranger Things, six drops. Don't tell you. No, I'm going to watch like half of the season and then I'm out. <laughs> so, so that's where I'm at with that. Uh, I'll start the uh, the music uh, unpopular well, opinions. Probably mention, we are now two minutes over, so okay. we need to prioritize. Oh, so maybe just choose your, your two most unpopular opinions of our remaining categories. Okay, uh, let's go with music because this okay. one is pretty, pretty bad yeah. uh, for a lot of our listeners. Um, cause we've only got a few, uh, I absolutely detest Prince. Oh, interesting. Like I cannot handle anything to do with Prince. Purple rain. No, I, I hate it. <laughs> hate it. What about the Batman song from the, the first Batman movie, the Prince Batman song? Uh, all I remember is hold me, throw me, kiss me, kill me by YouTube. But I think that might be Batman forever. I don't remember. I just know Prince did the soundtrack for the very first Batman movie. Mm, I don't remember hating it. So maybe 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 you have changed my unpopular oh, opinion. You're going to go back but and anything, to it. Anything that's not to do with Batman, because pretty much you can associate <laughs> anything with Batman and I'm in. Uh, but like Prince, super-duper overrated. Uh, okay. He's the Chick-fil-A of the music he's world. the Chick-fil-A! <laughs> uh, people who love Prince and Chick-fil-A are like, agree. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, let's go with Father's Day gifts. So, um, I, I think an unpopular opinion is like, I don't really like gifts on Father's Day. So, uh, yeah, nah, like that's kind of my unpopular opinion. I know there's like a whole push by the, you know, big advertising companies, uh, to get you to buy stuff. I'm good without it. Joe, you got two more? Yeah, I got, uh, for sports, um... I'm not into professional sports really that much. You uh, like college? I like college and high okay. school. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm really into college and high school. Um, pro just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Is there anything specific about it that you don't like? Like, is the, there a reason? Or? Yeah, I mean, there were the the holdouts came, yeah. the lockouts, yeah. those seasons uh, just really kind of spoiled it for me, and I just never really came back yeah. on, I got on you. anything. Absolutely. And then Father's Day gifts, I would say my unpopular opinion is. I like to get ties. Because <laughs> okay. I, I have to wear one every day. Yeah. And if I have one that came from my kids and my wife, I'm like, oh, this is this reminds me of my kids and yeah. my wife. And so I like my own popular opinion is I like getting a tie for nice. Father's okay. Day. Okay, well, I can't be mad at you for that. That's a <laughs> I good one. Do like ties. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll end it with a two. First off, I want to start with my music one, and that is that uh, hair band rock from the '80s is, is trash. Okay, and, and I have a reason for it. Here's you do part. have a reason. So yeah. uh, when I was in first grade, I listened to Bon Jovi "Shot Through the Heart." Loved it. 
my dad walked in and was just like, hey, we're going to stop listening to any secular music as a family. So that was the last 80s song I heard. The next song I heard on the radio was 1993, and I'd heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And I was in. I was like, mm-hmm. alt-rock, 90s rock bands, in. Love it. So for me, there's nothing. I have no Warrant Cherry Pie. I have no, you know, any of those uh, Welcome to the Jungle. None of that exists for me. I have no nostalgia. It's all just like, well, this is inferior to 90s rock in every way. It's fair. I mean, and when you look at it objectively with that lens, I can, if I'm comparing straight up 90s rock to 80s rock, you might be right on that. Give me Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots every day. Yeah. My other one is this, and that is... Joe is seething. (laughs) No, I'm just (laughs) secretly judging. Taking it in. (laughs) I am judging. (laughs) I'm going to end with this one, and I know this is 100% an unpopular opinion. Barry Bonds is the home run king. I know the steroids, and I'm aware that he has hit more home runs than anybody, and you could say the steroid error. He should be in the Hall of Fame because we don't know how many people were juicing. We know Roger Clemens was, was guilty of juicing. We know other pitchers were also doing it. He hit more home runs than anybody. Everybody, we have to assume, who was good in that era was probably juicing. He hit more home runs than anybody. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Stop with this. And they're like, oh, you know, Aaron Judge is going to break the single season. No, Barry Bonds has it. He's not hitting 73. And that's the record that Barry Bonds set. And I 100% think he should own the records. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think you need to calm down. <laughs> that was a hot take. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes! Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I am pretty sure that Sammy Sosa was not juicing. All right, with that said... <laughs> Thank you for joining us uh, on this episode of Dad Shorts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate. We'd love some uh, five-star reviews. Um, We also would love for you to uh, find us where you find your podcasts. Um, You can find us on Facebook at Dad Shorts Podcast on Facebook. If you have some other ideas for, like, content or fun games or things like that that you like, uh, feel free to email us. Email us at dadshortspodcast uh, at gmail.com but don't put your unpopular opinions on our Facebook page oh no that we don't want no <laughs> <laughs> it explodes <laughs> we suddenly get all these likes why? because people are posting these horrible opinions <laughs> on Facebook <laughs> these do not reflect the opinions of Dad Shorts yes, Podcast yes exactly uh, thanks for joining us we'll see you guys next time be awesome later <laughs>